Knob fiddling. A picture of like Steve Martin playing the fiddle, but it just Banana. knob fiddler. Oh my god. That's the banjo. <laughs> just have just have eight bit dev in a tattoo chair, Barry leaning over like I know. Eight bit Barry. Never mind, Kirsten. Apparently my comedy <laughs> is beyond towards you. The camera, obviously. There's only so oh, much I can do with There's a sticker. Oh. My comedy is beyond you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Write that down, Deb. <laughs> that was the whole irony of what I said. <laughs> Wow, he's just on fire. We're getting, we're gonna have yeah. a year's worth of stickers. We are. We got to get them wound tight like this. Off. I know. <laughs> Man, you just piss off Jeff, and the stickers just come rolling <laughs> Keep out. Keep flowing. <laughs> Let the hatred flow. Yes. He's pissed off. S- sounds like Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I see. That was Matt attempting to make a sticker. Uh, <laughs> that was just Matt's attempt at humor. Sorry, I'm clear on my wow, throat. I, I, my, is voice isn't, I st- my voice still isn't 100% after the call. Dude, con. I'm still exhausted. Oh, yeah. no. I had no voice yesterday. I was like this. That was fun. Oh, dude, I was at work trying to talk to tables, and at the about halfway point, I'd only barely recovered my voice, but I'm talking to tables, and my voice is cracking, and I could feel it just going. So I'm like <laughs> literally having to force I air to out just to get. Um, you know, menu spiels down, and I'm just like, fuck. Let I'm not, not going to make Because when uh, Jeff's voice cracks, it sounds like he's about to lose it emotionally. So <laughs> those could be hella great. Um, that would be a fan. I, I would definitely eat in the restaurant that day. <laughs> I want to know all the specials, Jeff. Kirsten and, and Todd are in Oh, my God. Show. Like, every time I would say... I'm going to let you look at the menu for a minute. I will be right back to answer any questions you might have. And then I'm because I have other tables I have to do the menu presentation on. And they're like, well, before you go, tell me what you recommend. And I'm like, I fucking recommend you order some food. I'll be right back. <laughs> Did you Another say that? Please. No. My, my, my inside voice said that. But no. Well, at least you don't sound like Marge. My, inner, inner, mar- my inner monologue. But uh, no, God, yesterday was just, it was How tough because to because I, I was literally having to force the words out because I was losing my voice. And I thank God I woke up today and I'm like, okay, voice is most of the way back. But Day after con, I slept for 12 hours. Oh, you and me both, dude. I got home from dinner. We had our, our con wrap-up dinner. I got home. I uh, thought, okay, I'm going to watch Rick and Morty before I go to bed, and I passed out on the sofa for about a half hour, and then I'm like, fuck this, I'm just going to go to bed, and then slept, yeah, for 12 hours straight myself. It was, it was exhausting, but hey, it was worth it. Those of us who have day jobs weren't able to sleep that long. How yeah. did you survive? Um, it's normal for me to get four to six hours oh, of sleep. Okay. So yeah, but, but work, after, well, I mean, night. yeah, sharing a bed with Barry, I can imagine that's uh, <laughs> sure. He probably like flops over. He's got the the rubber arms as he turns over in the it's middle. One of the, of the night. reasons yeah. why we got a king bed. Yeah, it's a, ah. it is a high stress, uh, high energy expenditure expenditure life. I'm sure uh, it, it all makes sense space. now. <laughs> wow, who are so you kidding? You get the you get the edge of the bed, and Deb gets everything else. Well, that's the space I get. Very edge, the like very a sliver. Edge. Oh, then don't forget Barty. Barty yeah. gets like no. Oh, no. No. Barry no, no. is long ways at the foot of the bed. You know, <laughs> like the family uh, Great Dane or something. Yeah. <laughs> now that now that we have the whole like he has reign of the whole house all the time, he's never in our room. 
We're talking about the cat. Talk yeah. about Barry. Yes, Barty. <laughs> I said Barty. We're talking about the cat. He has. I did say Barty. He has, however, found <clears throat> a really good, nice sleeping spot in our closet, like in some uh, random hole on top of shoes, which doesn't sound comfortable at all to me. But and, and we know he that loves we're it. talking about Bartimaeus, Matt, because Barry just stays in his little corner of the house and doesn't venture out. Yeah, he's too afraid. Yeah, yeah. For eight that, hours a day. Yeah, we call yeah. that his computer. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I venture out for cookies and tea, and that's about it. Gotcha. Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 656. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Maple Leaf Matt. Blarg. And Depp. And we're here to talk Week in Geek. And a special welcome to all of our new listeners who found us at the amazing Las Vegas Comic Con. Hello this there. Weekend. Whoa. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast of pain. Uh, as, you, <laughs> as you might have already been aware, and if you weren't, well, you are now, that, yeah, we can be a bit explicit. So this is your final warning. Fucking A. There it there, is. There it is. Wow. Didn't even take two seconds. Hey. Fuck you, Jeff. <laughs> okay, see? There it All is. Right. All right. Wow. Okay, wow. a lot of love in this room. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not that kind. So let's talk a little bit about Con. What? Uh, how was it for you, everybody? Con was a lot of fun. It was, it was a lot of incredible fun. fun. It's the first Con we've been to since all the COVID stuff yeah. started, so it was really nice to actually be... In a Con. In a Con. Surrounded by our people, geeks. Yeah. And doing, and actually doing a, uh, a like a Con booth thing. We had the most fun booth. Yeah, yes. I tooled around uh, the con like at least twice, and you know you get like the art and the comics and the people selling stuff. But we, I think, we really did have them. One of the most, we were one told, of the most fun booths. We were told by one of the event coordinators we we were definitely the funnest booth. <laughs> well, it, the bar was set pretty low by the guys next to us. Okay, yeah. yeah. Timeshare at a that comic convention was hilarious. Why? It, it, it was the War of the Wheels. Yes, yeah. it was. <laughs> we had the Wheel of Fun, and they had the... Wheel of Poverty. Jimmy's yes. internship approval process project. <laughs> Just went out in the garage and cut the plywood, didn't even have time to yeah, I do mean, anything with I mean, the edges. Yeah. Guys, she's not kidding. That thing was... Jank. Some, somebody cut a piece of plywood in a circle. The little... Uh, I forget the... There's an actual term for them, but the things that hit the clickers. The pegs. The spokes. The pegs, the spokes. Whatever. Uh, the, those were like fucking nut and bolt type of fucking <laughs> oh, things. Oh, man. I mean, this was straight out of DIY, home crafting, make your own wheel of fun. It's a high-end Red Letter Media's Wheel of the Worst was so much better. Oh, <laughs> The funny thing is, too, like, Barry and I went back and forth on that wheel, and I kept saying, dude, you are spending too much money on this goddamn wheel. We don't need a wheel that expensive. And I'm not ashamed to admit I was wrong. Dude, it's, it, may, it may turn out 15 years from now when we're uh-huh. a media empire. Right. It all started with that wheel. Well, that was, that was the hill he was willing to die on, and I was just like, I don't get why he wants to spend so much money yeah. on this wheel. And now you see it. And now I when do. we were at the front of the con, <laughs> yes. I could hear the wheels spinning because I could also hear that bell ringing. And yep. people going, shame, shame. <laughs> and don't, everyone don't turns Don't forget, around big, head. What oh, big head. What is that noise? Big well, head. We also had the benefit of prime placement in the convention That was room. a good spot. Yeah. I was we actually were... a little miffed that we weren't face. We were actually facing away from the front. Right. My opinion, when I first, when I first started setting this up, I'm like, Wow, this is the worst angle ever. And actually, I think it worked. Yeah. I think it worked yeah. very well. I specified Absolutely. that we needed to be somewhere up near the front. Well, that, I- the, but I mean our angle. Because, yeah. you know, coming in, you have to go into the con and go into the aisles to even see we exist. 
There's no seeing us from the top of the stairs or anything. Nope. And at first I was just like, but no, dude, I think that totally worked. And with the way that we were facing, we also caught people on the way out. Like that maybe didn't, maybe went down the other side of the the room first and then were coming back towards us. So, well, no matter where you were in the con, as stated before, yeah, you heard us and that is why my voice is a little hoarse and we did have a number of times a massive amount of people just standing there absolutely the booth beside us was like guys come on please move your line <laughs> i gotta sell my people. time, I gotta sell my time yeah. just have the line oh sunday afternoon they were like twenty dollars for my spare bedroom you just need to come once a year my favorite was the people were like wait it's free it's, i don't have to buy anything I'll yes do it. really yeah. it's free that yeah. one girl that one girl, what was she, six or I seven? Guess. And she just gave a screwed up face and like, nothing's free. <laughs> She's been burnt. <laughs> you mean her parents have, yeah. Yeah. Oh She's been burnt at the Scholastic Fair. <laughs> I, I also... <laughs> yeah. You remember those days. Is that is that a thing that's, that's only for the old kids? No, or? they still do that. Oh, good. Yeah. So we, we can relate still. I also feel like I need to say thank you to all of those that uh, spun the wheel and wound up on... Uh, something that maybe they weren't anticipating uh thanks for putting up with our shenanigans they did uh if you got shame or uh big head or <laughs> what's going in my mouth home edition yeah uh, we, uh, we had some prime choices and uh i think at deb we have to thank for most absolutely. of those choices we, uh, we had mac and cheese uh, candy yeah. <laughs> pickle candy vegetable candy however some people liked the yeah. candy there were a few people that were like they liked it they so totally we trashed the worse pit. candy Yes. The yes, problem is finding worse candy that's individually wrapped. Right. Because I found lots of worse candy, but it was like in bulk packaging. Oh, yeah. No, no one yeah. wants yeah, that. We can't, we can't have that. Wait, bulk packaging bad candy? <laughs> well, Why but it, not individually wrapped. Yeah, no, no, but I'm... Right. I'm, 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 I'm uh, yeah, why would you buy well, that big? Yeah. Of a You're gonna put out a big bowl of the shit candy, and you really hate your coworkers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, at the end of the day, everybody that did it were good sports. So they were fantastic sports. Absolutely, especially the ones that got shame because oh my god, everybody came running to figure out what the what was that up with the bell ring. Was ridiculous. The yeah. shame was like, ridiculous. How popular I know that was. Right. I am <laughs> glad it was only one spot in the wheel, and I'm gonna say this now: Do not ever get the sour cream and onion. Uh, oh. Candy canes because they it's, stunk up the garbage oh, so bad. It smelled so bad. <laughs> oh my god! In fact, I had one person comment when uh, the person before them got shame on the wheel. That uh, when she went to go spin the wheel, I said, "Oh, come on! You only have a one in twenty-four chance of getting shame, so you're fine." And she's like, "Well, what, how do you know what I want? <laughs> how do you know what I'm into?" And I'm like, yeah. "That's fair, dude. It's that's it's fair." Amazing. And now, of course, there's plenty of you that don't know what we're talking about. Uh, we were at the Las Vegas Comic Con. We had a wheel, the Shame Space. If you landed on it, uh, we would all go out on mass. We had the bell, a la Game of Thrones, and did the point and shame. Shame with the ringing of the bell to an uncomfortable amount of time. So <laughs> we had at one point, and it's so funny because it is you know one in twenty four odds. We had within a ten minute period, we had four shames get spun. Yeah, and I was shocked because I'm sitting there going, "I'm that that is a really interesting." One in twenty-four is great odds in Vegas. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you want to see people getting shamed, go to Geek Shock Podcast on Instagram. We've got more than a few of them on there, and they're all good. You should also check out our uh, Facebook page, Geek Shock Podcast. You can also check us out on Twitter. Um, Geek Shock you Pod. name it, we are we are there. So, what about Talk Ticker? 
Talk ticker? No. No. Check out our MySpace. No. I refuse. <laughs> AOL. I, I can be pushed right. so far, but no further. The Geek remember, Shock Podcast, remember, BBS. It's not Instagram. Hey, don't laugh. I used to run a BBS back Matt, in the day. A line must be drawn here. Yeah. This far, no further. Okay, we got competing geek shit yeah. going on at this table. What the hell? That's, and that's one, every day. <laughs> and one of these spaces on the wheel, you got a shout out on the show. So I'm going to do some of those right now. Ooh. So I'm shouting out to Jazlene, uh, the Instagram tag Cam Zhao, and Instagram vsummers underscore 15. Uh, Diego Ramirez, Chris W., Firestar Merc, who had an awesome saw mouth trap for her. Oh, yeah. Uh, she uh, posted on our Instagram. Yeah. It was pretty tight. The Gram. Handmade. The, sorry, sorry. The Gram. That's right. Get hip. <laughs> the, I'm on fleek or whatever the kids are. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. that's, that's old. Don't even. That's old now. Yeah. 23 skidoo. That was so 2020, Barry. <laughs> George F. Scab with a K. Johnny Watts. Fat Nicholas and Bree. <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> That's what he wanted to be called. Hey, yeah. I was the there. All right. Actually, it Whatever, sounds man. like a very excellent nerdy street gang. It does. It does. Also, Instagram, uh, split underscore fallen. Had a fantastic Five Nights of Freddy costume. Oh, yeah. That was really good. Yeah. Light up eyes and everything. Uh, Pat Heem, Lady C. Polly Poundstone. She was in great Catwoman cosplay. Mm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. They had the, uh, the Batman Returns cat. Catwoman, uh, the big oo Eric Brune, uh, Vanessa Atner, Sarah, the one that wanted the shame. <laughs> uh, Liberty High School in Vegas. Hey, we're not kink shaming you. Not it's what you want. Aaron from Clan McLeod Comics, Kelton Tomlinson, Emily M, Las Vegas Cosplayers Alliance. Oh, oh they were cool. Yes, Omarie Van Dyke, Marvelous Rap Sessions, Alvarado Family, and Rat Booty. That rat might booty. be my favorite. I remember one. it was the family that came up, and the kids like, "You want to say anything else?" It's like, "Yeah, Rat Booty." I'm like, "All right." And Instagram Captain Zarj. All of you won shoutouts, and we appreciate you stopping by the yes, very much so the booth, and uh, hope you enjoy the show. Oh, and a quick shout out to a couple of our Kofi members as well who uh, visited us. Uh, Sticky Pants and Leon Mitt were there. And I want to do a special thank you shout out to uh, DJ Croak himself, Pat Spurl. He came down from Seattle, was there all three days. I wish I could have spent more time with you, brother. I was just knocked out from it all. And uh, he also, mm. bless it, the beautiful man that he is, uh, for my birthday, got me some credit at War Room Games. Oh, so. Uh, nice. Thank you so much, Pat. It was so good seeing you. I wish I could have seen you more. Yeah. We should also uh, thank Professor Biggs for doing some really nice drawings. Although Fuck that guy. Fuck Professor Biggs. What the hell? He completely missed the point. It was supposed to be bad drawings, Steve, and you did some drawings that were really good. Well, In fact, a- so good, people kept coming back and were hoping to get... Uh, yeah. The, the, uh, the drawing. And got me the most dirtiest look in the world. <laughs> Two kids spun the wheel, drawing back to back. I get volunteered for the second drawing. So, you know, I'm honoring I'm honoring Barry's vision that it's a bad <laughs> A bad drawing. And uh, Steve is still working on his drawing when I turned mine into the kid, and that kid gave me a look. <laughs> Not quite as bad as Little Miss. Nothing's free, but it was close. <laughs> the idea was, like, if you're right-handed, draw it with your left hand. Yeah. No, Steve was righty all Listen, the way. Listen, he is a godless communist. Okay? He that is, is a true. Godless communist. Yep, that's true. Hey, speaking of godless communists, happy birthday, Torgo! Oh, my goodness. Hey. Hey. Yay! 
He's aging right in front of us, folks. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very excited. I got a uh, brand new airbrush for, for my birthday. Oh, very nice. Uh, so I haven't revealed what the next miniature is, but I'll be using the airbrush to uh, paint some of it. So I'm very excited about that. That's a nice. Because oh. the next miniature given away at the end of this month is the Enterprise, of course, yeah. from Attack Fleet. So Attack Wing. Uh, so, be, anything else we want to say before we go on? Well, and also a happy birthday to friend of the show, Rum Cake. Ah, yes. yes. Ah, happy birthday, yes. Rum Cake. Rum Cake. Rum Who cake. came by, spun the wheel, and hit what's going in my mouth. Yep. <laughs> you take that risk. That's, yeah. that, you, you spun that wheel. It's a contract. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still reeling. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm still reeling at how people were good sports about that. It, yeah. it was amazing. Especially we had that one guy who like powered through, ate the whole oh. damn candy cane. I cane. know. Oof. I had the basket at the ready. He just he's like, yeah. nope, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish. No, it. I'm no, gonna like, earn this, man. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. Okay, good on you. Yeah. So thank <laughs> each and every one of you that visited us, and especially you, dear listener, that have been with us from the beginning or from then on. Absolutely, we wouldn't be doing this without you. Mm-mm. And especially you. you Kofi members. Thank you yes. so much. So before we do uh, what we did this week, what we had time to do, uh, let's do a little uh, what's going in my mouth. Yeah. Oh, I didn't boy. spin no oh, wheel. Man, yeah. Oh, we're doing it. And thank you to Leon Mitt for providing this week's what's going in my mouth. Oh, no. Now, it's a cold treat. All right. Ooh, a cold treat. It, oh, is it waffle and ice cream? It is just ice cream. Oh, okay. We're not doing the uh, the waffle ice cream, even though I talk about it so much. It is a limited edition Van Leeuwen uh, pizza flavored ice cream. Oh, am God. I fascinated? Oh, I am no. so fascinated. Yes. I'm wondering why there were spoons on the table. Uh, I'm all out of spoons. I feel like <laughs> I, I thought we were shooting heroin or something. But okay, <laughs> some right. water at the ready looks... for this one. Let's go on what's in my veins, right? Not, not <laughs> what's going in my veins? <laughs> Yeah, and that's, that's not the show. That's oh, yeah. okay. I'm on the wrong show. Matt, that's, yeah. that's when we hit the big time. <laughs> it's apparently a pint made with cream cheese and mozzarella ice cream mixed with tomato jam swirls and basil crust cookies. You want to crack that open? I am so friggin' fascinated. So I'll tell you, there's a... For any of you who have ever been to Walt Disney World at Disney Springs, there mm-hmm. is a store there that all they sell is like regular food-flavored ice creams. And okay. they, according to the blogs that I follow, like Disney Food Blog, they t- try all their new flavors and they taste amazing. Like they really work, but they're like turkey and gravy and mashed potatoes and peas and those types of flavors. So I'm actually kind of excited to try this. I am. Well, do you know what, Deb? You've got it in your hand. Go ahead and give that a whiff. Is and, it salt uh, and straw? Because they and have one. Describe uh, what you smell. It's too cold. Okay. It's too cold. So wow. there's not a real. I've never smelled smell. anything cold. <laughs> Hmm, <laughs> just a whiff of cold there. Van Leeuwen also makes Kraft macaroni and cheese ice cream. So there's definitely a vein in there that looks like marinara, so I would get that. <laughs> I want to hear about your vein. <laughs> <laughs> they also make a hot honey flavor and a planet Earth yeah. flavor. What would planet Earth flavor ice cream <laughs> oh, taste like? Right now, probably like an oil slick. <laughs> okay, Maybe I'm actually getting water. a smell out of this. I am not liking what I'm smelling. <laughs> okay, so it's Jeff can smell through the cold. Apparently, he's it's one of his superpowers. With a nose this big, does that really surprise you? <laughs> well, I, I have mean, a very on. sensitive sense well, of smell. That too. That's why I breathe shallow. <laughs> oh, look at that! There's gonna get some of that. Uh, it looks like graham cracker, but now I know better. All right, let's give it a taste, shall we? Hold on, Kirsten's got to get. Get get a get, get a whiff. He's got to get a spoonful. Okay. Yeah, I got a bit. I'm, I'm trying to smell it. I can't smell a thing. I, I can't smell through the cold. 
Yeah, it does mute it, doesn't it? All right. All right. So here, all right, we, here go. we go. Well, at first, the sound of all of us eating this is just ridiculous. I like it. I think it tastes wonderful. I, I don't really like it. It's so gross. What? I don't get much pizza so out of it. No, I didn't get any pizza, really. It tastes it's I, sweet. I, did you get a cream. piece of the vein of the marinara? Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. I did. Yeah. That's really good. I hit the vein. That's really good. I, I guess I, I missed the vein somehow. Okay, I got some vein. Having a mild milk allergy, I probably shouldn't have much more of this. But, yeah. No, it adds some kind of saltiness, but there's, it's not so marinara that it's like someone poured ragu in it. Although that's a great nope. idea. <laughs> so chocolate sauce, you got like, the yeah. ragu on top. Nope. <laughs> got to keep in theme. Oh, uh, you all right there, John? Nope. <laughs> It's not that bad. Come I, on. It's not bad. It tastes good. I th- I I'm think glad you guys tasty. think so. I think it tastes terrible. <laughs> yep. The I mean, the graham cracker has that sweetness to it, but it also finishes with that the crust flavor. And mm-hmm. very, very cream cheesy. Yeah, and you get the salty. Yeah. You definitely have that salty in there. It's one of those that's well balanced with that. So that, you know, when you have that nice like salted caramel kind of thing going on, yep. it's, it's that nice balance. So, it's, a, it's a Papa John's pizza. No. No. <laughs> no. That's what you got. You got the Papa John's side of the ice cream. There. No, that's, that's earth no. flavor. Yeah. Uh, oh, Liam, thank you, because that was yes, freaking awesome. thank you. And yeah, I, I enjoyed that, yes. Uh, so I, I assume you're going to finish it, because it's great. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you can you take that with you. <laughs> God, wow. <laughs> of all the things that get left at my house, please make that not one of them. Wow. <laughs> Van wow. Lewin fire tonight. Van That's Lewin great. pizza mm. ice cream. Lee Yuen. I don't know how to say that. Well, well, bring up that pronunciation thing on the <laughs> yeah. No, not starting that again. Van Lewin. Uh, so, what geeky things do you have time to do this week? Uh, start with you, Deb. We haven't heard from you in a little bit. Yeah. So I had the benefit of um, I missed last week because of work. So I have the benefit. You see that? A couple of things to wow. talk about. She escaped. I caught that. The benefit. Because I have more things to talk about. Because I okay. have more than a week. That's yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> she's just mm-hmm. more interesting than you, Matt. That's what she's trying to say. Oh. That's what she's trying to say. He is that's, firing that's, at all. That's fine. I know he is, right? I'm not, I don't like this. I don't like this. He's skip, can, he's, we, he's let's, can we can we change seats there, Barry? <laughs> no. <laughs> hard no. He's, uh, he's taking what you gave him before, just giving it right back. Yeah. Right? You mean before every week? Yeah. <laughs> back is a bitch. on him a lot. Anyway. No, I don't. Yes, you do. Just read your little notebook there. <laughs> <laughs> so I finally got to finish the series finale of Motherland, Fort Salem. So it's a show that's on Freeform, or was on Freeform. They had three seasons. And the premise is that witches exist. And they have actually, they it's a genetic thing that you're a witch. So your vocal cords actually develop differently. And it allows you to make different types of sounds and, and form um, sounds that affect nature and the world and cause things to happen. So like tornadoes and rainstorms and those types of things. And witches, um, since the creation of the United States, have been conscripted into the military. So the military is made primarily up of witches. And the story follows three young girls as they're going into and, and essentially signing up for the military um, because they have turned 18 and now they're conscripted into the military. And it follows them through school. And then, of course, you know, kind of the, the big drama that they build up. 
The one thing about the show that is disappointing for me, and I, I'm pretty sure it's because they had intended for it to go more seasons, was this final season was just very rushed. They fed a lot of story into the 10 episodes that they had, and it, you can very much tell that it's because they had hoped to probably get at least one more season, if not two more seasons. Um, but I still like how they ended the show. It just really felt rushed, but that happens sometimes with the shows that we all like because people don't always like the nerd stuff. So um, Motherland, Fort Salem, on Freeform. You can also watch it on Hulu. Um, I have really enjoyed the series. Um, it's definitely worth a watch if you appreciate magic um, in a real-world setting because it does take place in current times. I'm fascinated. So, yeah. Are there male witches one. in it, too? Like, are they called <laughs> warlocks? <laughs> yep, well, so they're all witches. So oh, okay. they just call them all witches. They don't call them like a warlock. Okay. But surprisingly, women are dominant in witch um, families because the witch abilities are only passed down genetically through the female lines, not through the male lines. Aha, it's in the mitochondria. <laughs> the powerhouse of the cell. Mm. <laughs> I always loved that as a kid, powerhouse of it. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. And they also, you know, small weird things like you can have more than one husband if you want to. Women can. Oh, you know, oh we you can't see, have that. Yeah, you know, what are you doing? People get a little bit of power. <laughs> there <laughs> we go. Here we are. I like how it's introduced a small weird thing. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a weird thing. I can have a hero. Here's a trigger for a certain segment of the population. Yeah, <laughs> oh, you're written by Kathleen Kennedy. Oh, here we go. Man, baby. Right after he killed Roddenberry. <laughs> and then the other thing I, I have been doing is I tried a new um, audiobook series. Oh. So I had just finished um, one of the book series that I was listening to, and I was trying to find somebody new until while I'm waiting for the next book in the series that I'm listening to to come out. And I decided to search by one of the actual... Um, narrators that I enjoy so not by author I search by narrator and um, I really appreciate Elizabeth Evans Elizabeth Evans the way she reads the novels she does definitely do what I appreciate which is different voices for different characters so you can actually actively tell who's speaking without the text in the book that says said so and so Um, so you can follow along really easily Um, she does however tend to use the same Um, vocal approach in a lot of the books so if you've ever listened to her read the throne of glass series which is how i first heard her um, she has that same style pretty much through every book so that is the only downside it's like she sounds like she's reading the same novel all the time i think she does narrate a lot of fantasy um, so she does kind of stick with that same style so i can kind of see where she gets kind of stuck in a little rut like that but it's still I love listening to her read books. It's really nice to listen to and drive to. But I started the Married to Magic series by Elise Kova. So one thing about this series that I find interesting, it is a series of books, and so far there's four. I think there's going to be five or six. They all take place in the same world, but they're not a series of books. Each one is its own standalone story, and it follows a different part of the fantasy world in the setting and the creatures than the other books do. So the first book is about a human and the elf king. And then the second book is human and the fey lord. And then the third book, I believe, is uh, the vampire. And then the fourth book, I'm not exactly sure. I haven't looked at it yet. But I'm on book two. And I am enjoying it. 
Um, it does read in the first person. So I know not all authors um, write that way. The first book is a little hard for me to kind of follow at first because it's been a long time since I've listened to an audiobook that's read in the first person. Um, but now in the second book, it's like it actually works really well. And I, you can definitely tell that she's hit more of a stride with her storytelling because she did a lot of the world building in the first novel. And now that you're in the same world, she doesn't have to spend as much time talking about the setting. She can actually experience the setting with the characters. So I am, I am, I am enjoying it. I am appreciating it even though I was hoping for connected book series because I like multiple books because it tells a bigger story. But I'm enjoying it. So Married to Magic by Elise Kova, narrated by Elizabeth Evans. Nice. And that's you, what I have. You know, I, you, you made me think there, Deb, I don't know that, I mean, I, I'm not an audiobook aficionado. I don't think I've ever listened to a book in the first person. Hmm. I don't think I've ever, yeah. it's never even occurred to me but it's interesting now that i've heard like the second book you know you really do think about it because if you ever you know are talking to yourself and you are doing the same thing Mm -hmm. it's the same style it's like you know gosh dad why'd you do that and you're saying it mentally in your head but that's kind of how the book reads it's really kind of cool to follow along Hmm. now that i'm used to the style I, i don't do that I, I don't question myself in my head. Well, you we ne- agree. You never say, gosh, Deb, <laughs> we- why'd you do that? Because you don't want to start the... <laughs> oh, no, he says that all the time. Oh. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what'd you do this week? Nothing. You have wow. something. I know you got something. Okay. Well, okay. All right. So I watched one thing. One thing. One thing. One thing. On Netflix. <laughs> uh, we did talk about it a few weeks ago. You both hated it, Deb and Barry. Or Barry hated it and just forced you to stop watching it oh, probably, this. right? Uh, Day Shift with uh, Jamie Foxx and Snoop D O Double G. Yo, D O Double G. So I, I do like. Oh, and uh, one of the Franco brothers, isn't that right? Yeah, Dave. Yeah, Dave Franco. Yeah. So what? Did, what did you hate about it? Like, where did you stop? So the movie. No, okay, you said you got like what thirty minutes in? The, so no, we stop? got we got more than that into the movie. Yeah, it was more than thirty minutes. It was probably about halfway. It does suffer from the fact that it's definitely set up to be a franchise, so there's there's going to be multiple episodes of this. It just it felt but. too scripted. Like you Man. could tell exactly what's going to happen next. There was no surprise, so very, we just got very bored. Very script one hundred and one type of. So we got bored. Cheese ball. Have you seen it, Kay? No, no, I have oh, not. Okay. I had not I had a chance. Spare yourself. Because I, I mean, I enjoy vampire. I mean, vampire lore is is it's, a good storyline for me. I appreciate them, but. It just like, felt too like scripted. The, there was five different types of vampires. It's very much world establishment, character establishment, as far as the movie goes. Uh, yeah, but it's the world's dumb. Not, it's not as broad as like. I mean, it's it's in, it's character introduction as opposed to getting you know deep backstories on each character. So there's not as much character development in it. Um, it's Jamie Foxx playing Jamie, but Fox, it's dude. it's clearly trying to set up for a much broader. Uh, um, not necessarily world, but setting it up for there's something looming on the horizon, and this is just saying, you know, okay, something's coming. We're not sure what it is, and then there's gonna well, it's, it's going to be continued. The story's going to be continued in up other movies. It's El Jefe. That's who's yeah, playing. yeah. The, well, the I mean, oldest yeah. vampire. Yeah. So they called him El Jefe. He's like 700 years old or something. And I think the other thing I didn't like was the whole storyline of why he had to go back to the guild and start working day shift because to pay for school for his daughter so she wouldn't move embraces oh wait a minute wait okay all right i see what got barry 
Yeah, it was, just the storyline was centralized around supporting a child. Exactly. Yes. It's just dad going to work for the kid. <laughs> Man, you just just go ahead and get that wooden stake and shove it down his throat and trigger that gag reflex. <laughs> well, well it, how they kill the vampires, too, is you have to stab them first, then mm-hmm. cut their head off with silver. Yeah, well, will. it was to so, like incapacitate them so you could cut their head off yeah. or to slow them down. Yeah. So you I've could seen that. But I mean, like other vampire movies, like, shows or movies i've seen you stake them they're dead well but yeah. I've, I've seen the other I, i've seen the stake and then cut the head off thing once before i just can't mm-hmm. remember which was it dawn of the dawn of the dead it was one of those no um vampires what was it takes place in like a, a run down t- in in the middle yeah. of nowhere on the highway i know what you're talking dust about i can't dawn. think dust till dawn thank you no i uh the uh well when i've killed vampires yeah, yeah, tell me about <laughs> that. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tell us about you know, your experience killing vampires. We need yeah. some first well, person Well, it's stuff. really funny because, it, yeah, the, the stake incapacity. If you cut off their head, that's it. Mm-hmm. It's not like that body just staggers around looking for the head. Yeah, that's the Return stake, of the Living Dead stuff. The stake. That's funny. The stake puts him down. Steak puts me or, you down. know, like yeah. Buffy, yeah. they just turned it down. Nice dust. big steak that yeah. puts yeah. you in the porterhouse. But you, know, you have to get it in the heart. I've taken down a whole porterhouse. You have to. You can. Yeah, if you can. You can, yeah. Sorry, we were talking about steak. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Steak. You know where you can get a good steak? Steak oh, yeah. Sinatra. Golden steer. The Golden Steer. It's a great steak. Yeah, good it's a great yeah. Steak. Price, to, price to taste. Price to taste. Price to taste. <laughs> Outback is better. Good okay. price to uh, taste. Oh, you're losing us listeners. <laughs> you went there. I loved it. But Matt, you liked the movie. You liked the... It was okay. It was, good. It was good action flick. Okay? I wasn't going in there thinking... I need no, old country for old men or whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> I, need, I need a dad getting his kid braces movie. I did really like the action sequences, and I thought they yeah. were really well choreographed. And I do like like the five different types of vampires. You know, like yeah. the, the Uber one, the Slovak one who's wearing like a, a track suit Slovak. with gold chains. Feeling that one, Kay? Mm. Wow. <laughs> don't don't uh, did he have like Adidas gear on? Did well, he yeah, squat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he squat, squat, but don't don't do don't call, mistake call, him for the Russian one who's running away from well, Ukrainian Van Helsing. So you're talking about like the younger like because one thing that this story did that I've never seen before, it's kind of like they progress into being more vampire than they are because they start out as more still human ish. Like familiar right. juvenile. Which was odd. Yeah, the juvenile oh was the interesting one. Yeah. Somebody Vampire mythos. You know, in this thing. Mark Reinhagen just needs to get a lawyer and start suing all of these people who make vampire movies. <laughs> Jesus, I mean, he really. I mean, Grant, and it's funny because he he copped a lot oh, from he, Anne Rice. Everyone copped from everyone. Well, I still I not don't Stoker. Well, and <laughs> well, as they said, how many, the swingers. Everyone steals from everyone else. Yeah. That's how many Hollywood. of you have read Dresden Files? Am I the only one at the I, table? I've read one and a half. Yeah, I've so, looked at the. the I've, I've looked, looked at, at the look covers. At that. Yeah, I love that series. Amazing, and he does a really good job about creating vampires as well. So they have different, like, cl- not clans, but different types of vampires. I think Dresden was a was an influence on World of Darkness, if what? I remember right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so you have like the Black Court, which is what you historically think of as a normal vampire. It can't be in the sun, look kind of grotesque, super old, easy to kill with a stake. Then you have the White Court which are more like um, succubuses. They actually get their energy from Succubi. sucking life yeah. force out of humans by sexual activity. And so they're super like beautiful and gorgeous and you can't, you can't say no, essentially. They, they kind of entice you in that way. I like that white yeah. court. It's yeah. got the racism and misogyny combined. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just throw it all into yeah. one court. Jeff, yeah. you're a member of the white court, aren't you? No. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have the red court, which 
has to survive on blood. So they're like the one that has to drink and consume blood. And but the they people's can still court go out and, and they just sue you. Well, I killed that joke. But, uh, <laughs> but that, that's what I did. <laughs> Barry, did you do anything? Uh, the only thing I did, well, I was preparing for the con a lot of it, but the only thing I got to do with Deb was we attended a friend's geeky wedding. Oh. Uh, there, was, there was a lot of Harry Potter-themed tables, so I got to wear my Slytherin scarf and hope my little snake cane and everything, and it was really cool. And they had the acrobats and a woman with a, a dress made of uh, champagne and... Yes, it literally held champagne glasses in her skirt. So you would just take a champagne glass out of the skirt. And, we, and there was champagne in the glass? Yes. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. And we, so, so it is a wedding that you could not bring Andy to. Because he would <laughs> fall. Oh, my God. On that he girl. would trip and knock her over and just, oh, God. Oh, yeah. yeah. Down yeah. a flight of stairs. Sorry. When, Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. when Sorry. Andy returns, we're Sorry. getting him a champagne dress. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, Barry, your cane. Also has an interesting little thing that it does. It's right? Malfoy's cane. Yes. yes, it's got the wand and everything. Yes. Yeah, there was I was some, there when you bought it. There were some very you know well to dressed people oh, doing uh, doing definitely. Harry Potter stuff. One there. of the women she came dressed. You could totally tell. She's like, "How would I dress if I was a wizard coming to a Muggle wedding?" Really put some thought and into it. The, her outfit was amazing. Definitely like 1950s, 1960s esque. She did a really good job about putting that costume, that now, outfit together. If you're thinking about getting married, geeks, you should do what they did. Don't. They said, <laughs> did, well, don't. A, one, don't. Uh, B, uh, theme your tables and say, which table would you like to sit at? And the choices were uh, Harry Potter, uh, Star Trek, uh, Lord of the Rings. And Pirates. Pirates. Oh, and then there was another one. Friends. Yeah. How about well, yeah. you know what? Yeah, there are some one. people that don't like all the other stuff, but do like Friends. Well... Yeah, but a good like, half like, of the tables were Harry Potter, and then I think there was, I think that was it, really, right? Most of the people who picked one picked Harry Potter. Yeah, and there were like the boring tables, and we just didn't talk to them. Has God. any of you watched Friends without the laugh track? It's no. horrendous. Well, you oh, know what's terrible. weird about it that is though is people are younger generation is discovering Friends, and it's like one of the Don't. highest rated <laughs> streaming. God, uh, no streaming uh, series on online right now. It's ridiculous. It's got this this whole resurgence because of people discovering it again. Okay, let me help you out. Don't stop watching Friends. Pick up Seinfeld. Well, I if you agree. Go old school sitcom funny. I mean, Seinfeld beats it. I used down. to watch both, so I, I I don't know what to say other than yes, I agree with you. Seinfeld is the better show, um, but also probably because I'm much more cynical in my late 40s than I was when I was in my 20s when that was out. But yeah. I'm mean, um, tell you right now, forget Seinfeld. Put down your Seinfeld and watch She's the Sheriff. Oh, my God. No, no, no. You put down <laughs> no. your She's the Sheriff and you watch Cop Rock. Ah, yes, you do. I firmly stand behind that statement. But if, you're, if you want to see Friends versus Seinfeld, we're going to end this debate right now. Uh-huh. Who would win in a fight? The Friends or the gang from Seinfeld? The gang from Seinfeld. Friends. What? Wait, whoa. There was disagreement. Yeah. Why? Because. Why? They're not old. <laughs> okay. And Back years up. And Joey's from the streets. Um, That's right. Seinfeld's more willing to get in your face and be physical. Yeah, but somehow George would sabotage it unnecessarily. Oh! Like, like without even trying, he would, you know, stumble and... 
ruin the whole. Are you thing. saying George, that Andy was on Seinfeld? Yeah, yes. Yeah, George is Andy, Andy or is, is George. Andy George? No. Who would be their yes, champion? The answer is yes. I put forward Kramer. that Phoebe would be their champion. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I'd oh, with yeah. Kramer. No, that's that's without. It would be a, fe- a it would be a fe- Phoebe Kramer fight. So yes. who would yeah. win a fight, Phoebe or Kramer? I think they Phoebe. would fall in love and have weird children. <laughs> because Phoebe had wow. that weird like dark side to her yeah. that would only pop up every now and then. Well, she so, talked about well, the yeah. time she lived homeless. Yes. Is it yeah. Smelly Cat? Was that the song? Yep, she yes, was yep the that song? was the song. Listen, Kramer has the right-wing racist part of him. So he'd come in there and just... <laughs> are you talking about the actor or are you talking about the Both. character? No, no, no. I just want the character. the character. Just the character. Yeah. We may never know the answer. Jeff, what did you do this week? I actually went and got to see Clerks 3. Oh, I'm so ha- so hoping you were going to say that. Oh. Tell me, um, tell me, tell me how you do that trick. Oh, my God. Um... I, I don't know what to say about this film other than I absolutely loved it and at the same time hated it oh. because they're, especially the the final act is a little too close to reality for comfort uh, for a variety of reasons and I don't want to say too much more about that because I don't want to spoil it but what I will say is both Jeff Anderson and Brian O'Halloran are back and I think their performance, the chemistry is there from the beginning but I think... Uh, especially Brian O'Halloran, I think he had an award-worthy performance in this. I mean, I could see him getting nominated for an Oscar, but of course he'll never win it because this is just a quote-unquote Kevin Smith film. But the first couple acts, you definitely have you, you know, laughing, you're enjoying seeing where these characters are in life. I mean, it's not a spoiler to say that Randall has a heart attack because that's in the trailers. I mean, that's, that's the conceit of this film is that he is basically mirroring um, uh, Kevin Smith's own real uh, heart attack experience. Mm. Um, And then, of course, he goes forward to decide to make a movie of his life. And that's where, you know, you have a lot of cameos by several famous people like... um, Shannon Doherty in the Clark series? I forget. She was in... uh, The first one. Well, she was in uh, Mallrats. Mallrats. Mall um, okay. She had made cameos in some of the other films. I see Rosario Dawson too. Rosario Dawson. Rosario Dawson is a cameo in this. Yeah. You've got Fred Armisen as a cameo. Kate McCoochie. Amy Sedaris plays the actual surgeon that, uh, that puts, <laughs> puts the stent in uh, Randall's heart. Uh, Melissa Benoist, who is a uh, Supergirl. I mean, the list goes on and on. Of course, not the least of which is Ben Affleck, because you know he's. He's been able to reconnect what with about Matt Damon. He was the. Uh, I didn't see Damon in there, but that's not to say that he didn't make a guest role because there were some certain people that were that made cameos that I didn't know were cameos until after I'd watched the film because they're very background or there's maybe in a costume or so forth. The you know the first few acts, it's fun. It's you know you've got the laughter, you've got the comic the comedic bits, a lot of throwback stuff, and that final act is so realistic it just hits you right in the heart i mean uh, you know bring some tissues with you folks that's all i'm gonna say because that final act is gonna hit you emotionally and as everybody at the table knows here i'm not the most emotional person in the world am i dead inside i never cry in a movie yeah you're dead inside yeah but yeah um, again no movies bother me i hesitate to say too much more because i don't want to spoil it and kudos to the pr team for this film because there's something that happens in the final act that was not spoiled for me and uh, apparently is not around in a lot of the reviews. So 
however they managed to keep this uh, this thing under wraps that's in the final act really surprised me. But because uh, like it caught me out of left field, I I did not see that coming. Like That's usually rare. I can figure out, you know, usually when there's some kind of a twist at the film, it's like, okay, here's the foreshadowing, here's this, and then, okay, I see what's coming. I did not see this coming, but when it happened, you definitely see the little seeds planted throughout the first uh, three acts. So anyway, um, it's really only in limited release through Fathom Events, so check your local listings. Um, it's usually like a single screening um, at one or two theaters in your area. And then um, they're doing the Clerks 3 tour where you actually have a Q&A session after the film with uh, Kevin Smith, Jay Muse, et cetera. You know, there's, it, the amount of cast that are rotating through um, for the personal appearances is changing all the time. But um, yeah, if you liked Clerks and Clerks 2, definitely go see this. This is a great bookend to that series. Um, I'm really glad I saw it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's one of those like you love it and then you hate it at the same time. And I don't know how to express it other than that, uh, which is typically a good sign of great filmmaking. Um, it's very meta, too, because it definitely mirrors a lot of what's going on in, you know, not just Kevin Smith's life, but a lot of us at that particular age. And we're all in that same age range. So that's what I got. Excellent. Well, I had the opportunity last night to watch The Black Phone, finally. Ooh. Uh, the Black Phone, based off of Joe Hill's short story. Uh, Joe Hill, if you're not familiar, is the son of Stephen King. He put out a short story collection a while back called 20th Century Ghosts, and it is a fantastic set of short stories. I put it right up there with Skeleton Crew as far as quality. Uh, one of the best short story collections I've ever read. Um, uh, but The Black Phone is a story in there that was... Uh, one of the more simpler stories to tell. And this movie is a fantastic example of taking a short story and stretching it out into a full-length movie and making it work without seeming like it's being stretched out. Uh, they fleshed, the, the director fleshed out this story, the writer did, in a spectacular fashion. It's a Blumhouse joint, so you know you got some quality going in. Um, and I want to see more work of Joe Hill's turned into movies. I mean, they did Nosferatu. Uh, it was it was an okay uh, translation. It did well for itself, but uh, I don't know. It it didn't have the stressed out feeling that Under the Dome did. But oh it my did, god, it did feel a little stretched. Now I I'm not aware of the Black Phone. Can you uh, give me a little. I absolutely. I wasn't well. either uh, until recently. Yeah, the Black Phone just to because it was one of those things like the less you know going in the better. Uh, but the uh, what I can give you of is there is a a phone a, a serial uh, kidnapper out there called the Grabber. Uh, it happens in 1978, and uh, kids have been going missing for a while. So it's payphones. It's payphones. Not it? not the little no. thing that used to pick up garbage <laughs> off the ground. Not that Grabber. The no. Grabber. Okay. That was Matt's name in middle school, wasn't it? Oh, is shut it? up. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what he calls his numb left hand. But Oh. oh. <laughs> wow. That's why you're I, sitting on it all you're the time. giving yourself a stranger. I thought we call it a grabber up north. I thought that was Darling. <laughs> well, it could be Darling. Mm. I didn't get a good look. Mm. See, uh, that would have been funny if it were smooth. It would just, it well, just somebody fizzled. was talking while I was trying to deliver that. When has that ever stopped any of us? <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. And the, uh, the main character becomes the victim of 
this the grabber. So uh, he's uh, locked into a basement with a single black phone that is disconnected. Ah. And strangeness ensues. Of course it rings, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, Ethan Hawke, a uh, fantastic uh, portrayal Ooh. of the uh, kidnapper. Uh, just ultimate creepy. The the design, if you love horror, check it out. Ethan Hawke looks kind of creepy these days. He oh, does. Doesn't he, though? Yeah, he's been doing really good at playing the evil. Bad guy in Moon Knight. Super creepy. Yeah, yeah he's... Uh, he. he Whole different kind of bad guy in this one, and boy, does he play it up well. So, uh, Black Phone, it's available on Peacock. I think it's the only place you can find it right now. Uh, but worthwhile if you got Peacock, check it out. He looks cool. kind of like that weird meth head that hangs out by the 7 Eleven and has to bum a cigarette. Yeah. Okay. Ethan Hawk. Yeah. And that's interesting because it really is hard to stretch a short story and not make it feel stretched. And the sure. fact that you said that. It doesn't feel that way is a good sign. Sure. I'm good absolute, filmmaking. I'm absolutely worried about the movie The Boogeyman based on oh. Stephen King's short story. It's one of Stephen <sighs> King's probably most simplistic short stories. Uh, effective, short little puncher. Uh, but to turn that, what should be a 10 to 15 minute short into a even an hour and a half long film oh. is going to, oh, okay good luck because because you mentioned under the dome and i'm like I, I never finished that series because i was just over it i'm like this is getting dragged out far too long this should have been a single 10 episode you know straight to streaming kind of thing i mean I, I i will grant that it was before streaming really took off but man under the dome just was like every when it made it to season two and i think season three I don't think they have planned for that to happen. They're no. Like, oh, shoot. This is a hit. We can obviously get more seasons out of this. It definitely, we stream this out. That definitely felt like network inter- interference, but it just, it. I remember getting halfway through, not even halfway through season two, and I'm just like, I'm done with this. This is artificially stretched out. This is like stuff that could have been taken care of in a single conversation in a 10 minute segment of one episode and it stretched out to a whole fucking hour yeah well, then and i was just over it shows like supernatural who was supposed to yeah. be five seasons and right it became 15 well you know smallville suffered from that in the last couple seasons too the walking dead um, there's another one well i yeah. should say i should say the the first couple years of the because they were supposed to go i think originally five seasons it was either four or five seasons and then they didn't know what to do, and then when the showrunners left, they had to kind of rediscover the show. And then, you know, after that, it kind of got rebooted and was 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 better after that point. But yeah, Smallville was another one that suffered from that. Just like Ethan Hawke looks do? like the strung out guy in yoga pants at the Whole Foods who goes up to the meat counter and asks for weird cuts and spends too much time asking obvious questions. You're but, really working hard on this. Yes, that's yes. called it's, it's stuck in your brain right now. Isn't but, it? A little bit. That's how he looks in Moon Knight. You should see like how he normally because he's done another movie recently where he doesn't look the same as yeah. Moon Knight. They made him look more like yeah. He he plays uh, like I saw. Functional human. It's cool. Yeah. I don't think it's a more than five-year-old film, but there's one where he plays a uh, former getaway driver or something like that, and uh, he just looks fine. So that's Black Phone. Highly recommended. Kirsten, what'd you do? Well, wait, 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 wait. Before you go, uh, where is, where'd you watch it? Again, I watched it on Peacock. It's exclusively there. Peacock. Peacock. Mm -hmm. Peacock. Peacock. No wonder I didn't hear that the first time. (laughs) 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't have Peacock either. It was yeah. in theaters, but now it's exclusively on Peacock. Yeah. That's so fucking stupid. Um, well, I didn't. I focused on the. Uh, I actually had some deadlines to focus on in my job before we got to uh, the con. Mm-hmm. So basically, I'm going to say my thing was at the con, I got to interview the lovely, the talented Bonnie Gordon. And uh, I'm looking forward to when we put up that interview, which uh, we recorded in the handy hands of Jeff with uh, Matt making sure nobody interfered. And for those who yes. don't know who that is, Kirsten? Uh, Kirsten is Commander K. Not you, <laughs> you monkey. What? Who? Bonnie Gordon. Who doesn't know who Bonnie Gordon is? Most of our listeners. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, actually. Bonnie Bonnie is uh, the voice of the computer on Prodigy. Amongst other things. She also did Fire Emblem for Nintendo. Yes. And a couple other things I've heard her voice. Okay. Yeah. Now, she... uh, Voiceover artist extraordinaire. Yes. Voiceover artist. She did some actual play stuff. She used to work with us at Star Trek The Experience. Take a drink. Take a drink, everybody. She went out to L.A., and the thing that I love about Bonnie is nothing frightens her. And she mentions it in the interview, but she went well, out there. Well, she stared at you for 10 minutes. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> wow, you know, I'm sorry, Todd. I was trying to make this quick. This but, side uh, of the table's <laughs> a little salty today. Yeah, it's, it's also pretty extended version salty. Right over, uh, my, head, right over my head. Yeah. Well, it, that's okay. not hard. You're like three I, feet I tall. Was, I was just, Eat it. Uh, I'm not going <laughs> to say no, I think we're missing the big thing, the library bars. Yes, the library bards. Um, she actually was in the quest, which was a a reality show that uh, does that D and D in a castle thing, and that and doing the voice of Rainbow Mika actually kind of got her a little catapulted. She did. Um, oh, I, I can't remember the exact thing. There's a geek trivia thing. I believe that is where she met Xander, who became her singing partner in the duo, the Library Bards, which is a geek singing duo. They do all sorts of geek, uh, geek song, you know, Paul and Stormish. Uh, Xander was on King of the Nerds, which was another reality okay. series. Then, yeah. Should mention that. Yeah, well, I think that's what I was trying to reference. I can't, I couldn't gotcha. remember it. Um, Were you thinking of Beat the Geeks? Remember that one with Jay Vench, Jay whatever Vench right. Stratton? Yeah. I think uh, King of the Nerds is what I was trying to think about. But she has, uh, she, her music thing now has kind of become her. She literally now is going to cons and stuff, and she's singing to tracks. And she's, once again, bold Bonnie. She's like out there on the stage with nothing but the microphone, singing her tracks and doing her songs. She'll have another album out in november she'll be coming to vegas to do a little promo party for it at millennium phantom bar because alex who you know knows his shit had her come out and just was like this is great and so so yeah it i I just like i said i have tremendous admiration for bonnie because she's you know she had the courage i wish i had when i was that age and uh, she's really just going out there and and kicking ass so that's been very cool but right now you can find her or hear her on star trek prodigy so excellent uh, well our booth at the comic-con was sponsored by alternate reality comics you can go to alternate reality alternate but they're here in las vegas on eastern avenue and also war room games uh, that's a uh, war room games wrwrg.com on a uh, 2510 East Sunset Road. And the reason I'm bringing us back to that is because 
at the con. We promised to give away three grand prizes. We're going to do that right now. Yeah, it's what you've been waiting for. Woo-hoo! We had hundreds of submissions. Hundreds. Hundreds! And we're going to draw for the first one. Uh, I believe the first one is going to be those awesome gauntlets. Let's start with the gauntlets. Yeah. Awesome gauntlets. <laughs> All right, that sound means I have a thing I gotta look. Up the, I gotta look up the number. <laughs> oh, Gomez, twenty-three. Oh, Gomez, congratulations, gauntlet winner. Oh, Gomez, you winner. Send me a picture with those gauntlets. I want to see it. Yes, please. And we'll be contacting you with the, the email you gave us. Uh, if we don't hear back from you within a week, we're gonna we're draw gonna... again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I believe we have a shadow box. What was in that shadow box? That was a limited edition to 2,000 pieces, Freddy versus Jason. It's Freddy's glove holding Jason's mask. That was really awesome. I can't believe we were giving that away. But here we go. Theme music provided by 80s Jeff's Mouth. The only thing you want provided by 80s Jeff's Mouth. (laughs) P-Web. Six five five three. You're a big winner. Yes. Ooh. As opposed to being a big wiener. <laughs> <laughs> can you mark that time down? I'm so you can take it. that out. Well, Barry's a big wiener, so you know. Uh, yeah. 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 All right. <laughs> All right. And what do we got left? Hush. 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 Hush absolute Hush. hardcover. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yep. All right. Here we go. Hush. See, I realize I need to provide the bass Okay, now you stop. <laughs> All right, we got one. Barry sang bass, Jeff sang tenor, and me and little brother would join right in there. Uh, well, that's appropriate. Brianna Rose winner. Is a winner! Hey! Oh, hey! Winner. Winner. Congratulations again. You have one week to respond to our email. And if uh, we don't get a response... We then we're going to light them on fire. Yes. The, the giants <laughs> and the ashes. Wow. The uh, Hush fire Absolute Hardcover was provided by Ralph from Alternate Reality Comics. Who Thank says his shop is not the best, but it totally is. He, so yeah. He's just being wonderfully... M- Modest. Uh, well, modest. He, he makes that store. He makes yeah. it. He is an extraordinary uh, retailer. If you are looking to get into comics, try to figure out comics, or buy someone you love who loves comics, go to Ralph's store, and within three minutes of conversation, he will be pulling the appropriate stuff off the shelf for you. It's like He's, the comic oracle. He yes. really is. He, he really, really is. is ridiculously knowledgeable about yes. every... I mean, I'm not saying like any specific comic. He's really knowledgeable about everything comics which is not easy no, no it really isn't and if he doesn't know something he's not he's the first to admit it and he will send you off to somebody that does out. yeah yeah it's kind of funny you say that because if you go to war room games and you talk to adam and you tell him about yourself for about three minutes he will choose the right warhammer 40k army for you <laughs> <laughs> you mean any of them because they cost a lot of money and he just wants you to spend money oh <laughs> no there's the right one for the right attitude I have Papa Nurgle as mine, and it's just fucking right. Because you are disgusting. Yes. So is Papa Nurgle. That is true. And 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 wait, because Barry's is angry chicks, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Well, because okay. Barry's always been an angry chick. Okay. Yeah, I'll take it. 
that dresses Catholic nuns, which is fitting. Oh, also. wow. Wow. <laughs> this is... I, I'm you real. can't see it at home, people, but I am dressed as a Catholic nun right now. It's sexy. Yeah, it's a, it's a bad <laughs> habit. Sexy. Yeah. Uh, bad habit. Bad habit. I liked it. Wow, you just killed it because you just were <laughs> good. Yeah, that, that was his plan. That was his. He's been doing it all night. I know. Killing everything. Plan success. Bring in the funny. Oh, the pillow. Whoops. Bring in the pillow. <laughs> Comedy not guaranteed. Before I move on, I do want to read one piece of mail. Now we've received a lot of email over the last couple of weeks, and we will get to them in nearby shows. Uh, we will do this one before we continue on. Uh, this uh, email reads. Good day to the fine troop of players who perform on the electric play-on-demand broadcast known colloquially... Co- colloquially? Collo- what, what, are you colloquially. having a stroke right here on air? <laughs> yes, yes he is. What Jeff said as Geek Shock. Wait, wait, fine? Oh, they got the wrong... I trust wrong. you are all in the rudest of health as we head towards the tail end of this year of our Lord, 2022. Well, I did see the cardiologist today, so... <laughs> <laughs> I am writing to you on this fine evening to advise you of a certain conversation I was fortunate enough to enjoy recently and which I believe you might find quite diverting and of significant interest. Oh, do tell! I was visited by my good friend, Mr. Wells, who had a certain odd proclivity of dropping by without notice, as he did on the afternoon of which I speak. I generally forgave him for his random visitations, as he often brought with him a bottle of rare sherry, or perhaps an unusually aged whiskey from the Isla regions of the frozen Northlands. On this particular occasion, we conversed at length about many topics, the nature of which I shall not vex you with at this time, though it was highly stimulating in the moment, for, you see, Wells had an unusual hobby, whereby he regularly engaged in excursions of a chronological nature. It was this particular hobby which prompted me to ask a question as we sipped the Napoleonic brandy, which I felt certain had not been obtainable for at least a century. Herbert, I said, is there a question? There's a question that has nagged me over the years, and I feel it is one that only you may be able to answer. Tell me this, my fine fellow, in all your travels, have you ever encountered anyone has anything kind to say about a certain unsavory fellow whose name I surely need not mention? (laughs) Wells thought for a mere floating moment before answering, It is true, I have traveled to the ends of time in both directions, and in my journeys... I have encountered untold numbers of tribes, gatherings, cultures, and civilizations. I spent (laughs) substantial time with all walks of people from the most savage, unwatched subhumans to the most elegantly evolved gentle folk. Wait, is this... Are we on Welcome to the Night Vale? I must confess, all across the vast span of time, I have yet to meet anybody who doesn't believe that Vlog is a jerk. <laughs> Ever your faithful servant, Antipod Dean Matthew. <sighs> it was nice watching Barry just like S- slowly right, realize, get, to yep, it, get here, get it, to bring it, it, bring it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Dan, what time is it? It's news you don't give a shit about. Uh, Yay! Oh, no, don't give a we're now going to the Deb Show, everybody. The Deb Show. Deb Show. Let's go. The entirety of One Piece, which is a manga. Okay. Ah, yes. The pirate one. Yes. So far has been printed in a single book spanning 21,450 pages, combining 25 years of manga chapters. A light read. And it has sold out. Wait, wait, what? 
Yes. This limited edition book is more a collectible art piece and not really meant for reading. Wait, 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 wait. Are you, are you telling me they collected all of One Piece into a single volume, 26,000 pages? Oh, that's like three feet long. Oh, for God's sake. How? <laughs> what? Okay, I'm going to have to How? look this. I've got to see a picture of this. Yes. So it's more a collectible art piece, not really meant for reading, as doing so would be pretty difficult considering <laughs> it's nearly three feet long. Wow. Published by JBE Books, only 50 copies of the collection were made, and it is sold out. Each book sold for approximately $1,930. <laughs> the book, billed as the largest in the world, yeah. is also signed by the artist who put it together. Oh, thank God. Yep. Look at that. Yeah. Oh Large pulling up a picture. You guys should all look at a picture when you're in front of a I'm looking at it right now. It's it's ginormous. Mm-hmm. Its exact dimensions are 4.5 by 7 by 31.5 inches and <laughs> weighs 38 pounds. Oh Put that on your lap. God. I'm surprised it weighs that little, to be honest. <laughs> well, that manga paper is pretty light. Well, that's true. Yes. D- okay. <laughs> so... Because it is sold out, uh-huh. some people say it proves one of two things. Either people will be will buy anything if they Are love stupid. the subject matter. <laughs> it's true. Or comics have become nothing more than a commodity. Also true. Yes, yes very much so. There's also the exclusivity of it. There's Both only 50 made. All of the above may be true. And actually, the artist has said that he designed the book to highlight how much comics are considered commodities nowadays. One Piece still isn't finished, of course, despite already spanning more than 1,000 chapters and its anime more than 1,000 episodes. Oh, so this is just volume one. Yes. But it is nearing the end. That likely won't mark the end of its popularity, of course, because it's expanding. Netflix is currently working on a live action series, and a card game is currently in development and expected to be released this year in the Christmas time. I'd walk into someone's house and be like, oh, so you didn't get the rest of them, huh? <laughs> just walk <laughs> I mean, if you want a coffee table book, that is a coffee table. It's a conversation piece for sure. Major man, there's your game table right there. Yeah, buy a few of them. That is crazy. Wow, ridiculous. I want one. No, no. happy birthday. You'll never read it. <laughs> We're not supposed to read. Well, it. and now you they're sold out, it. so you can't even buy it for ha. the price of two grand. It's going to be sure more than that. Like Secondary market. I was going to say, I guarantee you, there's some on eBay right now for, for like ridiculous. Five or six, at least. Yeah. that's what we're going to use the Kofi money for. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> veto. Shit, you can't afford. Yay! Yay. So, for those of you who don't know, this story I did pick slightly because of what I do for a living and what I kind of like. So, I am an environmental scientist, and so climate change is kind of a topic that, you know, I'm interested in. I have kind of a foot in the game. I understand the science. Fake news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> too late. It's already too late. Maybe. So, with climate change changing the surface of our planet, have you wondered about traveling to see the Arctic before it no longer appears as it has? Hmm. For yes. thousands of years. I would like to buy Torgo a one-way ticket to see the Arctic. <laughs> <laughs> well, if one of your dreams is to see the Arctic before the ice disappears and visit the geographic North Pole, then mm. look no further. Poignant luxury cruises oh. allows you to see the Arctic, but in the cruising style more familiar to the expeditions to the Bahamas. It I, is a I, I'm down. full luxury cruise ship. Following in the footsteps of the explorers who once tried to approach these elusive parts where the infinite ice flows unfold, and 700 kilometers, roughly 435 miles, from any land, you are part of the chosen few to attempt the Odyssey. 
You will sail to the edges of the earth, where the landscapes change constantly, depending on the ice and the plays of light. Nature reigns supreme, sheltering abundant wildlife. Polar bears, seals, or even whales will be your hosts. Your discovery of the silent world, frozen by the cold, will continue as you attempt to reach the grail of polar explorers, the North Pole. You start and end your journey on this cruise in Longyearbyen. Oh, oh in oh, where? where? I'm sorry, Longyearbyen. Longyearbyen. The capital of the Norwegian Svalbard archipelago. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> located on Svalbard's main island, and it is the northernmost territorial capital on the planet. Yeah. The round trip, which starts and ends in Longyearbyen, takes 18 days and allows you to experience activities that are truly once in a lifetime. You can take an Arctic plug plunge in arctic waters and around the north pole you I have your choice know what i'm not going to do that yeah. you have your choice of doing it in a regular bathing suit or you can do it in a dry floating suit can yes. i do it naked i sure. don't know i mean it's a luxury cruise cruise line you probably could you load up on all that fermented fish they eat out there and yeah. go do it right you can go kayaking ice fishing and on areas where the ice is still pretty solid they will allow you to get off the ship and you can go snowshoeing or hiking actually on the ice flows depending on the ecological resilience of the biome, ah, which yes. is the technical scientific. Do they have special weighted shoes for Barry? I mean, you could probably bring some. Okay, I yeah. will. And do they have tours where the ice is the thinnest? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't like where you're going with this. Mm -hmm. The best part, Le Commandant Charcot. I believe I'm pronouncing that's the name of the ship. Oh, I thought that was the captain. Yeah. No, it's the name of the ship. It's fitted with the most modern oceanic oceanographic equipment and all the facilities necessary to accompany a scientific team in its research. Oh. So if you go on this cruise, you actually can help participate in scientific research that's researching climate change and uh, Shouldn't they be paying me to work? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> You're helping the planet. You are helping the planet and fellow man by paying a lot of money. Fellow man. So I assume this ocean liner is pretty tough then to deal with all the ice and everything yeah what so ice? And that's why it's, it's like an icebreaker or? it's different well, they don't because have Bodie mcboat face out ahead of it no so the ship itself and is an icebreaker ship but okay. it is a luxury cruise ship so okay. it doesn't look like the normal icebreaker ships that you would have seen that are more huh. industrial looking it is a luxury yeah. cruise Bodie ship. mcboat face so the package for this 18 day cruise includes economy airfare from paris oh, to okay. longyearbyen and back as well as an open bar, except premium liquors are not included. Oh, All staterooms offer windows and balconies to view the amazing oh. sights because obviously the Arctic is a, is a location most people only see once in a lifetime if you're going to go. Um, 20 grand. Shore excursions are not included. Of course not. Mm -mm. Never are. So let's take a guess at the cheapest room on the ship. And cheapest it's a room. per person price. 15. Per 20 grand. 18.5. 18.501. You're that dick. <laughs> uh, Fourteen ninety nine. Forty one thousand four hundred eighty dollars. Oh my god! Get the fuck out! Like seriously. Wow, Get we missed that one. Out of here. Do you want to know what the most expensive suite that sleeps six people and this is a per person price? One fifty. Oh, yeah, one seventy five. One forty six nine twenty. You went over. Don't give me. Right. You don't get to celebrate that number. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Now I will tell you. In researching this information and looking it up, there are actually 
what you might consider more affordable cruises to the Antarctic, not the Arctic, but the Antarctic, which you actually would get to see more wildlife because there's a lot more animals that live down there. There's more land. Um, and we have established, you know, facilities. Most countries have a, a base down in the Antarctic. Um, and those you can find some of those cruises that are about $5,000 a person, which is not horrible for an eight to 10 day cruise to see something once in a lifetime eh, type thing. Can't go down there. Earth's wow. flat. But the go. Arctic is different because there's like no land for hundreds of miles. And yeah. Yeah. $41,480 is the cheapest per yeah. person. Per they, they don't take you too far in because then you realize, yeah, there's the edge. I'm going to die. Earth's flat. That's you know, crazy. I got I to contact my cousin <laughs> who is, an, is, is a climate scientist and makes frequent jaunts to the Arctic Circle to do ice cores and then bring it back to, to study. He's in the wrong line of business. He needs to be leading one of these things. Yeah, really. yeah working for one of these cruise lines. Yeah, because and- with that kind of charge, they got to be paying their staff pennies on the dollar. Yeah, well, and also, <laughs> part of it is the cost of the upkeep yeah. on the ship, guaranteed. Well, yeah. Sure, yeah. and the people paying $41,000 to geek. do science work. I um, uh, That actually reminded me of one other geeky thing I did do. Uh, Professor Biggs subjected me to the Y-Files on YouTube. Where a okay. guy talks about in sh- strange uh, uh, conspiracies or uh, uh, urban legends and stuff like that, and then goes through debunking them or looking at them. Oh, okay. And he talked about Richard Byrd's, Admiral Richard Byrd's expedition to the Antarctic, which a lot of people think was in search of the secret hidden Nazi base, which apparently did happen and was very mysterious because it was a whole military expedition that went to the antarctic supposed to last for several months was terminated after 18 days and then he came back to the states was debriefed and never talked about it afterward okay it was very strange were you saying they found the thing? Is that what you're? Well, they, actually, the <laughs> found the mountains of madness. There were, there were hints. They no. found something, but they then, found the Stargate. They found the Stargate. Almost something Clearly. like that. It the was, Arctic it was, one. Right? It was kind yes. of weird, yes. but it was it was a very interesting. And the Y files, literally W H Y files. Oh, I spelled that. Right. Is um, is actually an interesting little conspiracy debunking or um, explanation channel on YouTube. So. I'll just throw that out there to get that face from Torgo. That's All right. right. With your with your little beauty. You disrupted mark. hey, you disrupted the Deb show. I right. did. I did. Yeah. That's okay. She'll hit Barry later. Thanks. <laughs> oh, we all win. All, right. all this hate. Woof. Everyone gets one punch. We can Warner Brothers is developing a sequel to the 2005 supernatural thriller Constantine. And the studio, about this. And the so studio is reteaming Keanu Reeves and Francis Lawrence, who made his directing debut on that original. Akiva Goldsman will write the screenplay and produce alongside Bad Robots J.J. Abrams and Hannah McNalla. When it opened 17 years ago, the film, based on the DC character, grossed over $200 million in the 2005 box office dollars worldwide. Reeves will reprise as supernatural exorcist and demonologist John Constantine, who in the original is dying, but stays around to save his soul by keeping demons from hell from breaching Earth. Kirsten's eyes are rolling in his head. You can't see it, 
So I'm describing it. I say nothing. That's because of this next part. The planned series adaptation of Constantine that was in the works at HBO is no longer moving forward. Uh, The show was said to be dark in tone with a diverse lead playing Constantine. Uh, Guy Bolton was set to pen the screenplay with a script reportedly complete at the time of announcement. And HBO Max has also pulled DC's Madam X series from production, which was in works from filmmaker Angela Robinson. It was set to focus on DC Comics character Madam Xanadu, uh, Bad Robot was also slated to produce that. So uh, you, I do, you win some, you lose more. I do not like what's going on with Warner Brothers Discovery right now because it seems like they just have this whole notion that all of the big screen stuff is going to make them the most money. So they're nixing all of the stuff that was be uh, HBO Max originals or anything that would be even remotely streaming centric in favor of big screen stuff, which is more risky. Yeah, because... <sighs> more want, of a risk, I should say. Excuse if you me. have good, ongoing, updated, regular content, yeah. people will continue to pay for your Absolutely. subscription service. But if you don't, they'll cancel it. Absolutely. And yeah. it seems like they are literally shooting themselves in the foot with this. I agree. They they definitely have abandoned the... the well, not abandoned, but they're, they're definitely down on the well, I just, streaming um, model. I just saw an interview with Kaylee Cuoco the other day talking about potential follow-up seasons for either uh, Harley Quinn and or the flight attendant, and she's not sure. Yeah. She's like, if you'd asked her that, it's, I, I, I don't remember the exact line, but something to the effect of if you should have asked her a year ago, she said, we're definitely doing more seasons of Harley. <laughs> uh, she says, as of right now, she said, I don't know if we're going to get another one after this. Did she say, if you'd asked me before that asshole stepped in? <laughs> <laughs> guy who doesn't know what he's doing at all no. well, when it comes to television yeah they, yeah, they have no idea They're, it's it's all about Listen. cutting debt right now and they don't know that you if you put out a good quality product that draws people in that's the biggest way to erase your debt instead of just trying to cut staff cut projects take tax write downs i mean it just all you gotta it's do it's a risky Jeff, business all you it gotta always do has been. harley quinn flipping gotham all right I don't know. Discovery will launch that. She's flipping like Wayne Tower, like re- yeah. redesigning the. Oh, flipping Gotham. <laughs> now I get where you were going. Yeah. With that. yeah. Flipping no. Gotham. Like, flipping you, Gotham. You, so you can curse on this show. You don't have to say flipping. Yeah. Home improvement shows, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> this old cave. An artwork snagging first place at a Colorado State Fair competition saw backlash this week after winning artists revealed it was generated by artificial intelligence. Uh, Jason Allen, president of gaming company Incarnate Games, and his AI-created submission received the top prize in the event's digital art category. Allen said he had sifted through hundreds of images he made with the AI program Midjourney before entering his three favorites, including the eventual winner, into the competition. Judges for the event said they didn't know his art was AI-generated, a technique that isn't addressed in the event's submission guidelines, but added it would have affected their decision. Or, sorry, added it wouldn't have affected their decision. (laughs) Big Big difference. Big difference. Uh, The artist told the local newspaper he disclosed that uh, he had used Midjourney, which is a platform that can generate AI artwork. Being able to watch my imagination unfold on the screen before me is fascinating. It's actually addictive, Alan said. Mm. Uh, He didn't expect to expect the piece to receive viral attention and liken the concerns about AI to past fears that cameras would replace portrait artists. Midjourney is extraordinary. That's... uh... 
it's a kind of in a beta right now. You can actually do a few free things and you literally just feed prompts in and then it'll generate it'll generate a number of works and then you select one and it'll like you can actually like drive down on it and it, it's actually extraordinary um, and then you can actually join you can actually pay some kind of premium price and have unlimited generations while they're refining the work and the AI is learning its thing so it's actually quite extraordinary I mean you can literally literally you could do like Frazetta Star Trek and it'll start assembling some very very interesting images so but uh, lots and lots of artists are having conniption fits so. yeah, understandably so because it's pulling a lot of that stuff from established art well I can see that I think that kind of I think you can slide into the Kickstarter becoming dominated by companies with a lot of scratch or corporations and stuff and pulling away from lower-end people but because um, one of the first things I thought of is our discussions of like people who do self-published books or something like that and really can't afford to purchase good art and they may have to go with some kind of schlocky uh, type of thing that um, the publishing house that they're they're going to for their work actually pushes towards and I think when I saw it I looked at mid-journey and I was like this could be a kind of solution from that sure plus there have been artists who have used mid-journey who've created some extraordinary stuff and I think that's the angle that really should go on is that it's another tool I want to break that down artists that use how can you use mid-journey in a way that isn't just prompting it uh, well that's the whole point it's the type of prompts how you steer it but there is a refinement process for images where you can actually do more and more with an image and that's something that I I've seen a few artists like use and they were they were actually they were actually kind of impressed and you could see a difference between an artist doing his thing and some amateur just feeding words to the uh, AI I think the choice of prompts and the, the word selection actually made some kind of difference or something. I think if real artists get involved into it, I think you'll see the aspect of it that it's a tool. And you'll see differences between work that is pretty, pretty good for, you know, say, gifted amateur versus a professional type artist who's really diving into it. But there's a huge difference between verbalizing what you're trying to design and actually using your hands to do it. And I think that's probably where a lot of artists are getting upset about this because the the computer is generating the images and it's not an actual person generating the images. Well, yeah, one of the things has been uh, who do you credit in the AI art? And a lot of people are like, you got to credit the AI art. And um, <clears throat> you may not be creating with your hands, but... Um, uh, I mean, a lot of that starts going back to echoing when people were bitching about Adobe Photoshop and stuff like that. Right, but you still, in, in using that, you're still, the human is still drawing the lines and making the edits and toggling the colors and doing the fades. I mean, there's yeah. still active a lot of 
human interaction with Adobe to so make what you this want. Begs so then the so question, where's the line? Like I do right. Photoshop all well, the time. Yeah. So we, I mean, there's a we lot can... going on there and there's a, but sure. not a lot of it is scripted. Now, some of the artists who work a lot in Photoshop script a lot of their their batch actions so they don't have to like spend hours doing the the, the one thing that they got to do a million times. Not to mention so the... what you're doing with uh with, with this tool is just shortcutting all that saying I want a picture of a monkey. And then it creates a monkey, and then you just refine it. So the line. So the question is, where's the line? You Not know? to mention the more recent versions of Photoshop, there is a lot more automation as far as the what tweaking you do with the picture. So there's less and less hands-on fixing, if you will, or airbrushing, etc., of those photos, those images to get that end result that you're wanting. Because a lot of times you can just do. Uh, you know, an auto heal or whatever, and it does a better job than what I used to be able to do with the older versions of Photoshop. So, but aren't we also Deb? And this this is this is less attack and just more devil's advocate at this point. Isn't it also kind of ableist to sit there and say that because they don't have their hand? You know, what what about someone who doesn't have the hands or feet or whatever? Because you know, there's that one guy on the strip who does caricatures with his feet. And is absolutely extraordinary, you know. But what if we have someone who doesn't have that capability, and this is something that they could possibly type uh, tap into to make art, to make some kind of art that they're, you know. I mean, through the history of art, it's just anytime you add another element to the generation. There's of always art, that rough. Spot. I mean, I still remember when Pixar was brand new. They were just the people are just that's not art. That's not. You know, you're making computers generate stuff and that it completely ignores the thousands of hours that these digital artists are putting into well, getting the computer to, or train the computer to produce something that they want. Well, that's just it. There's not thousands of hours of that artist doing that in this. Exactly. Well, this is something that's going into a to the vast archive of Google images and putting things together. Well, yes. well putting them together, manipulating, cycling through, it's not... It's uh, uh, it's a little bit more than that. sure. I'm simplifying it to an extreme. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. But at the at its base, though, that's what's right. happening. Yeah. And I think the bigger thing about this article is that he entered this drawing into a contest. Yes. And it beat out other artists who were doing right. actual art with you know themselves. So I, I appreciate where it, it's going, and and I understand and. Obviously, the advancements in the technology and how the computer is functioning and thinking is amazing. Sure, I, but it it was entered into an art contest that essentially now you're going to have to start thinking about restrictions and rules so yes. that that doesn't happen again. Sure, mm -hmm. and I, I, I'm I'm totally for that. I think that that would that would actually be a great idea. I think the closest modern example of this happening is uh, uh, Deep Blue and Jeopardy, and uh, the uh, automated chess games well i've got another one for you what's that uh the people who say that djs are not musicians oh that's bullshit bum, bum, bum. djs are musicians yeah well actually our own fact check andy is uh or at least years ago was firmly of the opinion that djs are not musicians they don't make music the good djs definitely are making music because they are but listening to the flow of the of the tune of the of the notes and cutting in, cutting out, adding in, lowering sound. I mean, they sure. are developing. They're, but they're also I'm fusing not... together other people's work 
Some of it is other people's work. Some of it's not. Some of it's sounds and and things they have created themselves. See, I think DJs are musicians. I think it was another tool. And I think that this is, I think this is an exact parallel. I I have to say that is a really good comparison. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I I will preface the DJ thing with, I am more talking about like techno DJs, not... You go to a club and they're playing popular music. Yeah, yeah. Music DJs. That I. That is. They're not. Musicians. Right. 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 I right, know. And that. That actually is. That. That was the. The thrust of that conversation, at least to what I was referring to, were those kinds of DJs. Right. Skrillex. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well. Uh, all the Dead right. Mouse. Daft Punk. Yeah. Dead Mouse. Uh, all those guys. You know. So. Did yeah, get all a- the ones that wear masks. Yeah. <laughs> I miss Daft Punk. A new Karate Kid movie is set to come out on June 7th, 7th 2024. Uh, Sony broke the news saying the film will be a, quote, return to the original Karate Kid franchise. While the show Karate Kid, uh, sorry, the show Cobra Kai Mm -hmm. has been doing well at Netflix, this film will be the first time the Karate Kid has been in the theater since 2010's reboot with Jaden Smith. Uh, while we don't have many details about what this new movie will entail, Sony mentioning it will be a return to the original Karate Kid suggests it might be branching out from the original films, uh, the first of which premiered in 1984. However, I have to note here, it is not associated whatsoever with the Cobra Kai series or its cast. That's not the only update to Sony's schedule. What? In Sony's Spider-Man universe, Madam Web has been pushed to February 16th, 2024, Craven the Hunter has taken over that October 6th, 2023 date, moving it 10 months. And Sony also pushed Garfield back three months. So why would they boot reboot a new Karate Kid when Cobra Kai is so popular? Well, why and would- especially since that uh, they just had um, Ralph Macchio on one of the talk shows. And he was talking about how there's discussions about branching off from Cobra Kai, basically making a Karate Kid-centric universe, and then having... You know, potentially movies and or other shows connected to it, and it's really interesting timing that this just comes out because this was just not even two weeks ago that I saw this interview. I I think it was on um, uh, my my mind. Just wax on, wax off, network. <laughs> but there was an interview. Wax that's on, Jimmy Kimmel. Jesus, I couldn't think of his name there. I'm oh, pretty sure it was Jimmy. I like Kimmel. my network better. Wax on, wax off, network. That's where it was. <laughs> but go. so. So is Cobra Kai also Sony, or is it? Yes, yeah, it is. Yeah. So why would this makes no sense? Well, that and the whole we're going back to the original Karate Kid, you, which is you, what you're doing in you're, Cobra you're, Kai. You've done that. <laughs> you're there. I, 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 I'm, I'm totally not understanding this whole. I think many aren't. Uh, to me, it reads we're rebooting it with our own thing uh, because we no longer. Are in control of that sort of thing. So let's have something that we and have a little Cobra more. Cobra Kai in. has got everybody talking Karate Kid. Well, I mean, I, I think it's a coattail things from the same company. Zabka and Macho are both producers, in addition to the creators of the series. So they have some control over yeah. what gets branched out of what they're doing right now. So this is probably Sony saying, "Well, we still own the Wee! core." It's Tony the core property, so yeah, let's do something that we can exclude them from, just like you're saying, you know, make them all the money instead of just some of the money. Yes, well, yes. they're kind of doing it already, but the, the the logical extension of a Karate Kid movie would be Ralph Macchio stepping into Miyagi's shoes and getting a down on his luck kid, and the movie is about Macchio being, but I mean Cobra. Kai. That's what Cobra Kai. Yeah, is. yeah. yeah. Yes. Except that a lot. 
one of the problems is that a lot of Cobra Kai is about Zabka and Machio and all those and the original all those movies. mentors yeah. clashing, and the Karate Kid. Uh, really, Miyagi wasn't clashing with anybody. It was about the kids. So the mentorship is the story, I would say, you know. And But, I mean, at the same time, I'm just pointing out that that would be the logical extension. But Cobra Kai is doing that and so much more. Yeah. So I'm... There, it, it, yeah. Okay. Whatever. It's what Jeff Spend said. your they money. Want all the money. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. What they want. yeah. 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 Although in that same interview, I, I, I don't have this as part of the news thing because they haven't really gotten to what it is but they are making a ferris bueller spinoff as well the same producers that created cobra kai what they're doing the basically the ferris bueller day through other people's eyes didn't they do oh a tv God. show yeah they did a ferris bueller's day off tv show yeah. what was the what was the knockoff one of that uh, uh i can't remember but there was parker lewis can't lose that was oh, yeah. 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 yeah i liked that show though that was a good show is that the 90s it yes it familiar. was the 90s okay so yeah the the one they're working on happens in the same universe and the same time as the ferris bueller movie but all the surrounding characters okay that's an that's an 80s nostalgia tap oh yeah that's and, what and, yeah, cobra I, kai is yeah. yeah it is well but they have the connection with the younger kids in Cobra Kai, which yeah. brings in the younger yeah, no, audience. No, Cobra Kai is nowadays. When I say 80s nostalgia tap, I'm talking about if we're going back to no. the 80s, you're, you're getting that 80s. You know, the, the, especially if they go for that, uh, that, that whole film look and everything. The U.S. Department of Homeland Security has just issued $700,000 grant to fund research that aims to determine how best to help monitor and prevent extremist activities stemming from video game communities. Oh my... What? White nationalists have seen success in recruiting people through video games, and this grant shows the U.S. is acknowledging this type of radicalization. The DHS posted a statement on its website, quote, Over the past decade, video games have increasingly become focal points of social activity and identity creation for adolescents and young adults. Relationships made and fostered within game ecosystems routinely cross over into the real world and are impactful parts of local communities. Correspondingly, extremists have used video games and targeted video game communities for activities ranging from propaganda creation to terrorist mobilization and training, unquote. Uh, the DHS states the aim of the project is to create a, quote, set of best practices and centralized resources for monitoring and evaluation of extremist activities, as well as series of training workshops for the monitoring, detection, and prevention of extremist exploitation in gaming spaces. Providing resources to game developers will help communities ensure they weed out extremism at its root, rather than waiting until it's too late to notice the problem, relying on authorities to spot extremist behaviors as they occur. So does this, does this mean that they will pay you from this grant to play video games to infiltrate groups that are... You know? uh, it's it's a grant for research. So, so playing video games to help infiltrate, that's what it sounds like to me. That's what it could end up becoming. I think it sounds more like a see something, say something kind of thing, where they're, they know that this is going on, that recruitment is, having, uh, is, is occurring over video game platforms. I'm sure there's specific games. Call like of Duty Call of is Duty, probably a big one. Um, because those are games that appeal to the what would be traditionally called a non-gamer. Because mm-hmm. um, it definitely brings a lot of people in. Same thing with like Madden. Apparently there's a you know big subgroup of Madden, which is just some really hateful, you know, bullshit that goes on in those <laughs> those chat rooms and I stuff. Just, but Madden. <clears throat> it's, it's but fucking it's, 
football. Well, but see, what is the majority of the players on the fucking field? What are these white nationalists doing? They're well, they're targeting the fandom, and there are uh, some really bigoted NFL fans that go into these games and start shit spouting balls. shit about players that they wouldn't necessarily do in public, and I I don't agree with it. Obviously, yeah, but I know that it happens. I thought Barron's child um, was bad. Ooh. So it it definitely yeah, sounds like if you're thing. getting recruiting pitches towards you when you're in these games, maybe they're trying to get you to say, hey, something's going on in here, and maybe you want to look into it. Hey, baby, slide into my racist DMs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Jesus. As the crowdfunded multiplayer space RPG Star Citizens development continues... The project official funding tracker has revealed it crossed yet another massive milestone. The title has raised over $500 million from backers in the community. Now, isn't it billion? Uh, that's half a billion that they've raised. See, I thought I saw an article that said they were over a billion. No, they, their article is that it's uh, at half a billion. Uh, the funding crossed the $400 million mark in November last year, with the latest $100 million to cross the half a billion milestone coming less than 10 months. The studio offers a variety of in-game ships and content as incentives for pledging money for the project's continued development. While release dates are still nowhere in sight for the complete <laughs> experience, uh, Cloud Imperium Games continues to steadily deliver on its quarterly game updates. This game will never be released. Is it going to be one of those that? games where it's just an alpha forever, yep. like seven days to die? There's no reason for them to have a game. They're making more money not having a game ready than having one ready. The moment they say it's done and it's for sale, the people who are interested already own it. Yep. I'm sorry. I wasn't paying attention during that whole thing. Is this Star Citizen? Yeah. <laughs> it is Star Citizen? It is Star Citizen. Star Citizen. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Look at that. I knew exactly what game you were talking about. Of course it is. This has Jeez. been going on for getting close to a decade. Is that, yeah, is that a say. thing now? Are games just staying in alpha forever? Uh, well, isn't that one way for them to continuously redevelop without having to republish or make a brand new game? Right, I mean that's part of the thought process around it. Is it will continuously allow them to develop new content and tweak how gameplay works while still playing the same core game. It's still an alpha, uh, right? So to speak, um, it's not like it's an MMO that's been released and there's constant updates. It's that one day we're going to release this game when it's ready to be released. In the meantime. Here's six years of updates right. for what is but essentially you, a completed game. You can still play. Oh, yeah, right. you can absolutely play right. in Alpha State. release right. like shit packs and things like that, right? Yeah. They're doing that too. I can right. see why that would be good because if they released Star Wars Galaxies like that, uh, that game changed completely like three times. And it would make sense it's still in Alpha. If you release a game and then a couple years later it's completely different, that doesn't look very good. I wonder if it could also be a legal thing because when you're still on alpha and beta, you're not restricted. You're not uh, subject to any like any regulations in your industry. So they wouldn't have to have a rating. Oh, like a rating? Okay. Um, yeah. They wouldn't have yeah. to have uh, people testing uh, the game for what things might make it crash before it would be available, quote unquote, for purchase. Um because I know Tesla gets away with that with their self-driving system. By making it a beta, they're not subject to any kind of federal is regulations. Is Fortnite in beta? I don't believe so. No, no. Fortnite is yeah, published. It's, it's full yeah, release. that is a release game. Um, it almost feels like 
you hire me to paint a mini, but you keep paying me over over time to repaint and, and I repaint. keep paint over it and it, the paint will keep getting better over time but instead of a green skin we're now moving to a much brighter more exciting purple skin and we're, we'll just keep doing that and by the end of the painting being done if it ever gets done you have paid me thousands upon thousands of dollars for a $50 mini right yep. okay uh, I, I, think, good I think we're I think yeah. we're missing the big point here guys how do we get Geek Shock Alpha, the video game, <laughs> off the ground? Because this is obviously a, 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 a business model that works. Mm-hmm. Barry? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Give me a week. I'll throw something together. Now, just to throw something out there, what happens if one at some point one day one of these alpha beta games actually ends up creating like the video game world from Ready Player One? Because they are continuously working on development and tweaking. Sure. And then, cool. But I don't have a problem with Ready Player One. Sure. And there are plenty of games out you there that, that were successes, even after they released, while well, spending a lot of time in beta or in alpha, and Minecraft being the first one that comes to mind, uh, DayZ being another one, Rust being another. These are games that spent ages, years in alpha before being released. And they are now available in full active games. Of course, Minecraft being the most successful of these. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will say that while Daisy was being developed and in that alpha state, they probably got a lot more money than after it was released. Is Geek Shock in alpha? Geek Shock no. will always be in alpha. Yeah. There you go. No, we're a bunch of betas. Come on. Get it right. <laughs> oh, for 14. What is this wee shit? Maybe even Zetas. Hey, no. let me tell you oh, Zeta. I like that. I was going to say I'm a, I'm a Sigma, but no. Yeah, we're, I'm well, a Zeta, yo. Well, we're definitely Lambda, Lambda, Lambda. <laughs> yeah, see, I was going to go Brave New World with that and call you an Epsilon, but no, yeah, Lambda, Lambda. That's, that's about there right. There you go. Yeah. Babylon 5 creator J. Michael Straczynski has taken to social media to reach out to the fans to help support the reboot that was announced last year. Uh, Straczynski is writing and executive producing the show. Uh, Warner Brothers Television is producing the series. Oh, it's gone. And projects... It's gone. And it's gone. Projects are being shut down at WB right now. There it is! So the fate of the reboot is going to be decided soon, and in anticipation of that, Straczynski tweeted, quote... It's never been my way to ask B5 fans and followers for a solid on behalf of the show because I feel it's my role and the role of the show to be in service to you and not the other way around. But for the first time in 22 years, I will ask. He then asked fans to show their support for Babylon 5 Reboot on social media by tweeting about it in an attempt to sway Warner Brothers TV's final decision. Matt's so angry. Oh, oh he was trying to flip the table. Quote, yeah. the fate of... Hashtag Babylon 5 pilot may be decided uh, end of this month. Uh, though much, much of the CW was bought by NXST Media Group, the decision also rests heavily with Warner Brothers. If fans want to show their support for B5 and let them know you want this to happen, now is the time. Uh, the new iteration of Babylon 5 is described from as a from-the-ground-up reboot. In the series, quote, John Sheridan, an Earth Force officer with a mysterious background, is assigned to Babylon 5, a five-mile-long space station in neutral space, a port of call for travelers, smugglers, corporate explorers, and alien diplomats at a time of uneasy peace and the constant threat of war. 
His arrival triggers a destiny beyond anything he could have imagined as an exploratory Earth company accidentally triggers a conflict with a civilization a million years ahead of us, putting Sheridan and the rest of the B-5 crew in the line of fire is the last best hope for the survival of the human race, unquote. You know, I was just waiting for that to happen, too, because I remember they approached him about, or like he had brought it up, and then they approached him about uh, working a pilot, and with the regime change, I was like, here we go. That's going to be one of the things that's going to get cut. And sure enough, I God, hate that. Shit. I have a feeling that it won't matter how much social media no. No, is out there because no. they just don't give a shit. Yeah. Warner Discovery right now is just, it's, it's chaos, especially for any original properties. Anything, uh, anything IP that's even remotely interesting is getting pushed by the wayside in favor of theatrical and space-based sci-fi ain't yeah. cheap. No. No, it's not. Sure it is. All you need is action figures and stop motion. Yep, there you see, go. Perfect. Matt, let's do it. Let's make yeah. Babylon 5 in uh, action figures and stop motion. And we'll do all the voices and all the sounds with our mouths. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. Yeah. 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 He's considering the idea. You broke Just Matt. trying to think of he's... like what would be the hypergate sound like. No, that's not right. <laughs> uh, that that, that right. could be a hypergate not you, working. You need to right. go into a Foley artist like yeah. room with sound effect objects and things no, no, to help no. with that sound. Our mouths. Just this will be a hundred percent organic show. Not just mouth. Our mouths. <laughs> no, yeah, not just mouth. Maybe you should ask Andy. <laughs> so then all the sounds will be. Every, it, it, all the sounds will just be stuff being spilled on the floor. Oh no! no, no. <laughs> isn't isn't the hypergate just? A kind of galactic spill. Yes, there pretty much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Andy is the key to faster than light travel. <laughs> Andy is the hypergate. No part the, of him. He's definitely the FML drive. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that was good, Torgo. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. One good one. <laughs> the rest are going to suck. What's your FML drive? Write to us. Comments at geekshockpodcast.com. And we want to thank all our Kofi members this week. We're going to focus on the Tier 2 members, Mike M., Mama Ninja Scoop, Heidi Johnson, David Highbriar, Scoop Bucky, Aaron Esquire, Minty Scoop, and of course our Tier 4 members, King Vol, Deb T., David Ferrara, Atomic Gumby, and our Tier 5 members, Leon Mitt, Jeff Harris, Jake Godbold, Ozzy Ozzy Matt, Wide Martrin, and Glumley. And a big special thank you to a one-off to Ki- from Kingvald and to John B. for jumping up to Tier 3. Woo-hoo. And if you are interested in supporting the show, of course, it will always be free. But if you want to send us a little scratch, you can join our Kofi and see all the rewards available there at ko-fi.com slash geekshock. And uh, again, thank you all of our new listeners for joining us. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Maple Leaf Matt. Varg. And Deb. And we'll talk to you next week in Geek. We hope you guys come back and listen because, you know, we're fun to listen to. Well, I think so. We Occasionally. Are, you know, then there's t- Commander K. He's, I don't know, he's questionable. Allegedly. I'm just picking on you, dude. Don't be all sad. <laughs> he's giving me the look like, is that right? Well, is actually. That right? Am, I, am I terrible? It's funny, that? folks. I'm actually uh, feeling just a little, just a teeny bit under the weather. So I've done this podcast wearing a mask, and yeah. I'm, I'm rapidly getting uh, getting the feeling I should do every episode's wearing the mask because Barry Barry doesn't know what to make of some of my looks. And I, I really don't. I'm kind of liking that. He can only so, read your eyes, and yeah. you can't. And, and and unfortunately, my eyes are so narrow. There there's only so much I do with them. <laughs> it's all in the smirk. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm going to get you one of those black phone masks that Ethan Hawke wears in that movie. It's, you'd look great in yeah, that. Yeah, dude. Ethan Hawke. It's an yeah. amazing design, that mask. Yeah. And actually, we can screw up my teeth. and. Oh, well, we can do that anyway. I do that and... right now. I got a brick. <laughs> oh, wow. Did, I mean, not on me. I don't carry a brick around. I should. I, I hate to do this, but I, I briefly zoned out there. Did we finish the call-outs? Yeah. Okay. All of them. Every single one of them. All right. Okay. Wow. Well, we were going to spread it around. Did you do them all in one shot? I yeah. did it all in one shot. I figured tell? I, I spread it around like my jelly on peanut butter, man. It's a right big glob in the middle. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? Jelly on peanut butter? Yeah. Well, like for a peanut butter and jelly, don't you put the jelly one on, on one, one side, side one on the other? No. no. Who the yes. Fuck does that? Yeah, what kind you of godless heathen, heathen does you that? Every normal human being. Oh, are you oh. one of these goober grape buying motherfuckers? No, you don't pre- get your pre jarred jelly and peanut butter mixed already. You put the big thick slab on the bread and then you spoon the jelly on top of the peanut butter. Yeah. Then you put the bread back that on top. That is correct. That is not correct. That I have never you in my life. You people are animals. Yeah. Ever seen. Animals. Another human being make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. What wow. did Texas do to you two? Yeah, it had really. nothing to do with Texas. No. Deb, we, you have never lived in the Midwest, clearly. Clearly. <laughs> clearly. I grew up in California. Yeah. I grew oh, up in Jersey, my. in Vegas. What is happening my here? God. You, you hoity-toity I, Californians, and I you're spreading it on two different halves He grew up in Jersey, and the same thing. And I think you it, spread it to the edges of the bread. I think it has more to, to be in a more metropolitan city. I because think, yeah. we grew up in more metropolitan uh, So we're just smart city folk, and, and when you're you only, just country bumpkins. When you only have one slice of Listen. bread, you have to put the peanut butter on, then the jelly, and then you have to fold it over. Oh, and there it is. proper sandwich. It's a class thing. Or... Uh, we or have you two take, slices of bread. Or you take one slice of bread and you put it on half and the jelly on the other half and Insane. then you fold it. Oh my Insane. God. Only you. Too no, much, I'll tell you what I do. Too much time. I'll tell too you what time. I do. I make a club sandwich out of it. I get a piece <laughs> of bread. I do peanut butter, jelly, bread, peanut butter, jelly, bread. So it's like two peanut butter. It is classic. That's way too rich. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, oh, that's a way too rich. And bread. you top it with some caviar. <laughs> There's like a there's like a younger sister just starving while somebody has their big old bread sandwich <laughs> with a little bit of peanut butter. Next, he's going to be holding his peanut soda cup with his little pinky out. I do that. Hey, every hey, cup with his, his pinky out. All of them. But you, uh, the important thing, Todd, and it's organic. Is jam. What kind of peanut butter though? Chunky. Chunky. No. Organic chunky. No. Are we having the chunky versus creamy fight? That's correct. I, I we grew are. up. Chunky, I grew up loving chunky, creamy, chunky. but then as an adult, I tried like the Skippy organic. Did, I, did you hear crunchy? what you said there? As an, I as an adult. I as an adult. As an adult. Now we yeah. eat like adults. It's like frosting. Organic. Many Rich adults who can afford lots of bread. All right. He had a bread <laughs> sandwich. A bread. Two pieces of bread with a piece of bread in the middle. Yeah. The important thing, Todd. Yeah. Is that sandwich yeah. is not art. If you did not make it with your hands. How else would you make a sandwich? Don't answer that. 